What's up, homies? I'm Erica. I'm Roshane J. And thank you guys so much for joining us today as we get into our final part of our Haunting of Hill House series, at least for this this first season. Like we said, when Bly Manor starts, we're doing this all again. But this is the last episode for season one. What a journey it has been watching this show. For the first time <laughs> good god yeah. like i'm so happy that we're here though Let because like you... i said it's been a rough ride not being a, like not being able to talk to you about what happens in the end erica i'm emotionally drained after this show i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be honest this show took a lot out of me in like the As best of ways in the best of ways but man how emotionally yeah. taxing is this is this series? You're a shell of your former self. I don't know who I am anymore. Like the movie sucked my soul out and then stepped on it with emotional plot points and then threw it away into a dark, dark <laughs> Hill House garbage can. That's how Netflix like obtains their power <laughs> by sucking out the souls of <laughs> of its viewers as they just sit on the couch binge watching all of their shows. I felt after finishing episode 10, I felt like Theo in the episode like seven and eight, <laughs> where she just feels nothing. <laughs> I feel nothing. I yeah, felt yeah. emptiness. I felt darkness. I felt despair. And then I felt nothing. That was my experience <laughs> watching Hill House. You're like, um, have you seen the Twilight movies? The Twilight movies? Yeah. Okay. You're like Bella in that one in the second movie after Edward leaves and it does that pan around her as she's just sitting in that chair and like all the months are passing her by <laughs> and she's just not moving from the spot and that music is playing in the background. Yep. That that was you after you finished the series. <sighs> the show's just so sad, man. It's such a sad show. It like, is, it's so good, but it it's so sad. sad. Like uh, I don't know. we'll get we'll get in we'll get into the specifics of it, but yeah, no, that's fair. It is it is a sad show. Um, we will get into the specifics of it. And I think the way we'll go ahead and just wrap this, wrap everything up is that we'll do the last two episodes. We'll do what we've been doing, like go episode by episode. So we'll do nine and ten. And then I want to do like a full circle thoughts on the whole season thing. I want to maybe discuss a little bit of what we're hoping for next season mm -hmm. and then we will be patiently waiting for the new season to drop yeah which is not too long from now like at least from the recording of this like we've got like no yeah it's like, this a, like week. a week or so is this week yeah Ooh. well yeah because when this right because when this episode comes out yeah when this episode drops yes. it'll be the next friday so oh we're so close. Ooh. Well, that's exciting. But okay, let's do let's do episode nine, which is called the Screaming Mimi's. Mm, mm, so mm. when I like this is the episode, obviously, 
I was waiting for episode 10 because I want to know how everything ends. Right. But this episode specifically, I was very excited for because I've been waiting this whole season to know exactly what happened with Olivia, the mom, in the house. And that's what this episode finally, like, we finally get to see everything that happened on that fateful night. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and it did not, not disappoint. <laughs> it doesn't disappoint, but it was not what I thought it was going to be at all. I give the show mm-hmm. props for that. Is my expectations were completely thrown aside, and I was so surprised at what actually happened that night. Yeah, that's it's interesting because this entire time, like the entire time that this series is leading up to this finale, it's. You know, you keep seeing Olivia kind of just get deteriorate as far as her mind goes. And you kind of just keep seeing her getting more and more frazzled and frantic. Mm-hmm. And the entire time I was thinking that whatever she did was going to have to do with all of her children. But it 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 isn't. It actually ends up being Nellie and Luke who are the most affected, I guess, by what she does that night, besides Hugh, of course, and another character that we will get into in a minute. Um, But, you know, they are the ones that are kind of the focus of her main, like, mental deterioration. And which I feel like really does, like, it makes sense when you think of what they're like as adults, because it affects them the most. And I think that makes a lot of sense for their, like how they, you know, are when they get older because they're the ones who really had to deal with what happened that night. Yeah, it's true. And they, and they very directly had to deal with it too. Like they, they were there for the entire experience of it, which is Mm -hmm. something that they don't, they allude to it in the earlier episodes because you know that they're the most haunted and as far as that night goes, they're the most affected. But I didn't realize that they were directly a part of that evening from beginning to end, pretty much. Yeah, because they're not only are they awake for all of it, like they participate in like a huge chunk of what happens that night. Mm-hmm. And so like we really get to dive into Olivia and what scares her this episode and it's really sad to think that her biggest thing is that she just wants to protect her kids and her fear is something horrible happening to them and we see that throughout this episode she's like really haunted by the image of Nellie lying on like lying dead um in a morgue which ends up happening and then also of Luke dying from an overdose and so she sees like these images are haunting her throughout the entire episode she she keeps feeling this need to keep her children safe and it's crazy because through the actions that she takes in this episode Nellie, you know, what she saw, that ends up coming true. Yeah. And the only reason that comes true is because Olivia does what she does. And it's just such a, like, unfortunate situation. Like, series of events. (laughs) This isn't the first time that we've done this. Um, 
sort of scene transition between things that are as we know them now in the series inevitable like these are these things are going to happen and then Mm -hmm. characters somehow participating in these things before they actually do like olivia seeing nell in the in the morgue um dead there is something that we know happens we know that happens because we've already seen it within the episode but now this character in the past is experiencing this future that's haunting her very similar to how nell was being haunted by her own you know future Mm. dead self back in the bent neck lady episode and it's this weird sort of it's this weird sort of play on ghosts that i actually like that the show does of the ghosts a lot of the times these ghosts are like either visions of people's past or futures coming back and intertwining with their timelines um because this this show likes to play with time travel in a way and it's interesting how it does it because it's it makes a point to not be very linear like it likes it the show likes to set up that time like nell eventually says later on kind of falls like confetti um and these different periods of time are are not in a linear process, but they are these moments that may or may not intertwine with you. It, it's really kind of a mind trip because a lot of the as you get further on in the show, you realize a lot of the hauntings themselves aren't necessarily malicious outside of Poppy, the character from this episode, who I definitely think was a malicious ghost um, through and through. Uh, I really think poppy the like flapper like 1920s lady that we see is definitely a huge influence on this on what happens to this family um but for the most part a lot of the other hauntings are just different timelines i think bleeding into the current timeline Mm -hmm. yeah well a lot of the a lot of the ghosts that are there it's like you know they just they lived in that house and they happened to die there and we find out that if you do die in that house then you will become a ghost there's no like other option if you die in hill house you're stuck in hill house forever so yeah we meet we're introduced to this ghost named poppy who miss dudley actually kind of explains her backstory a little bit to one of the kids Mm -hmm. but Yeah, we find out that Poppy was this woman who was in a mental institution um, and like ended up living in the living in the house. And but Miss Dudley does say that she was like a a very mean spirited woman. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's bleeds over into who she is as a ghost. She is the one she's actually like the main ghost that talks to olivia and because olivia does say she's like yes there's you know spirits here but you know they're not trying to hurt you or anything but then she meets poppy and poppy kind of twists olivia's mind into believing that like when children are at a very young age, you kind of need to keep them safe from the outside world. And the only way to do that is to ensure that they stay that age and to ensure that, you know, you can always protect them if you keep them at Hill House. Right. And that 
basically by killing her children, she's going to wake them up from the horrors of the world and that they will be safe forever. And she really like plants the seed in Olivia. And of course, that combined with these visions that Olivia keeps having of specifically Nellie and Luke, who are the youngest children, you know, dying once they're older. Olivia does get convinced that like she needs to do something to protect them and that's the only thing that is to be done yeah and she has this i want i want you to explain this vision that she has of them in their beds because you texted me (laughs) after you saw this part and i need you to explain what she sees that scene broke me um so you're, you're definitely talking about the scene where like the kids ask about whether or not uh, she's going to kill them, which yes. Jesus Christ, that scene was brutal. Um, all right, I'll, I'll get into that. But real quick before, I just want to talk a little bit about this relationship between Poppy and Olivia for an extra mm-hmm. second here, because like we kind of established, like she's a mean spirited um ghost as far as the ghosts in this house goes and even one of the other ghosts as olivia is becoming more attuned and used to seeing these paranormal figures and ghosts within the house uh one of the older ghosts even tells her not to believe poppy that poppy is lying to her that she's trying to get into her head um no she distinctly is just like she lies she lies um but one of the things that poppy does in a very manipulative manner mind you is she really preys on this idea for Olivia about losing her children. And I think it it um, goes even further than just the idea of these death visions that she's having for her kids. And it bleeds into the idea of, you know, overall motherhood and the idea of your children growing up, like your precious little children becoming adults and not needing their mom anymore. And what that can do to a person because you know we've seen throughout this series olivia is a great mom and she wants to be a great mom for her kids she wants to be involved in their lives she wants to be the picture perfect mother for them um and as she's spending time in the house and her mental state's deteriorating we see her kind of struggle with this idea of her kids growing up um i'm trying to remember if it was i can't remember if it was theo or shirley that she's having the conversation with at some time in the episode, like towards the end where she talks about how kids grow up and don't need their mothers anymore. I think it was Theo. I want to say it was Theo. I I think it was, I think it was Theo. Um, but like right before she, you know, does what she does at the end of this episode, she has to kind of, you can see her sitting and kind of pondering this idea that at some point she's not going to, have this motherly role that she has now anymore once her precious kids grow up and so now i think this kind of accelerates her decline because she becomes she opens herself up more and more to the influence of poppy and the idea that in combination with these visions that the world is not safe for her precious children she has to protect them and she has to do whatever she can to protect them and Mm -hmm. Yes. No, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and also along with that, Olivia has a conversation with Miss Dudley. And in it, Uh, she keeps, she says that, you know, she feels like she needs to protect them and that she's worried about them. 
And when she tells Miss Dudley this, Miss Dudley, because she the whole t- like she has this brings up this conversation with Olivia specifically because she wants Olivia to get out of the Olivia and her family to leave the house earlier than they were planning on staying because she's worried about them. Mm-hmm. And so Olivia is kind of telling her how she's been feeling. Miss Dudley mentions that she has a daughter and that she like keeps her she homeschools her and kind of keeps her close to her because she wants to protect her as well and wants to keep her safe. And Miss Dudley tells Olivia, like, if you have the feeling that you need to protect your children, like, go with that feeling, like follow your instinct, trust that. And what she means by that is she's hoping that Olivia will take her kids and leave the house because she's thinking that Olivia is like worried about them staying in the house. Right. However, Olivia sees that from a different way. She almost sees that as confirmation that if do whatever she's already, it takes yes, to protect your kids. Do whatever it takes to protect your kids from the outside world. She takes that advice and she's like, okay, maybe I should go with this instinct that I'm feeling. And it's another instance of like two people having this conversation that they think is about one thing and the advice that they gave being misconstrued and taken and run with to do evil, despite the fact that Miss Dudley really was trying to be like, keep your kids safe by getting them out of here. At the state and where Olivia's headspace was at the time, she takes that and she's like, I'm going to kill these kids. (laughs) (laughs) Like the time is now. But it's, yeah, and it's so sad because you can even see on Mrs. Dudley's face that she's like, oh my God, thank God. It's like Mr. Dudley when he tried to give Hugh that advice. Yeah. And and you can tell he's like, please listen to me, please. It's the same thing where they're trying their hardest to help this family out, but it's just what they're... Like the house is too far dug into them at this point that it it's all for naught. Like it doesn't help at all. It's one of those. It's a brutal reality about the idea of context, right? Of you, you know, it's a real world thing where you just never know what somebody's going through at any moment in time, despite you know what you may think that you know, right? And within the course of a conversation, you could think that you're helping someone when in fact because of their circumstance, the um, advice or the information that you're giving them is actually detrimental to them, but you wouldn't know because you don't have the full scope of the picture, right? And that's one of the most tragic things I think about this episode and about Olivia as a character too, is this is not a malicious character. It's not, she doesn't have ill will towards her kids. She loves her kids. She wants nothing but the best for her kids. However, she's also human too, and all of these different elements coming at her at once are they're overwhelming her you know she's suffering more and more from these quote-unquote migraines where and we even get to see this later on in the episode of how badly they affect her when there's because there's a beautiful scene of her trying to walk through uh, a combination of the house plus a vision of the house and her just having to honestly just hold the wall for grounding because like it's so Mm -hmm. hard to even just operate and move when she's feeling this way and And that ghost is there again that ghost that steven saw he's he's there again at the clock and he watches her as she like struggles down the stairs yeah i love that they introduce that 
and then keep that specific one going like i loved seeing that clock person every single time it was such a small thing but it's such a easy way to remind people of like how integrated these ghosts are to this to this house and to this family mm-hmm. and moving towards the scene we were talking about before where she's in the room so at after a you know days upon if not weeks of just getting these influences and seeds planted in her head by poppy who by the way gives a great um sort of monologue slash story to pull olivia in when they first meet about how much she loves her kids and how they're so alike is like that isn't that the worst like when some someone bad tries to pull you in by letting you know how much like them you are and so she ultimately decides to go with this plan and wake her kids up which poppy never i think directly tells olivia that she's supposed to kill her kids but she plants the idea by letting her know that the world itself is a screaming Mimi, right? The world is a nightmare. Mm. And by letting your kids stay in this world, you're subjecting them to this nightmare. The longer they they stay in this world, the longer you let them grow up and explore this world, the deeper and deeper this nightmare is going to sink its fangs into your children. But if you wake them up from this nightmare, aka if you kill your kids, Um, You Mm -hmm. can preserve them. You can preserve that innocence. You can preserve those kids that you love here in this house. Right. Well, because Poppy even tells her in that same monologue, she tells her that she killed her kids. That's right. That's right. She did. She did. But she tells her, you know, oh, but it was all a dream. And then we woke up and everything was fine, which I think is where Olivia gets this idea that like about waking up and that, you know, this the pain and suffering and everything and it it could all be a dream and then you could wake up and everything could be fine and like you won't have to go through that anymore i think that she kind of gets this idea from poppy telling olivia that in her quote unquote dream she killed her kids but then they woke up and everything was the way it was meant to be yeah. and then like she just kind of gives her a little a little taste yeah. And Olivia's like, I'm hungry. I want everything. I want the full meal. <laughs> <Feed me. laughs> yeah. And what doesn't help um, Olivia, but definitely helps Poppy, too, is the hauntings that Olivia is starting to experience. Um, you know, it's not a normal occurrence, right? So I can understand somebody who's suddenly now seeing ghosts, right? Being tormented by migraines, getting these dark visions about her children, who would begin to question, you know, the fabric of reality and whether or not she really is awake right now or if she's stuck in a dream because she has multiple times throughout the entire series not been able to tell when she's awake and when she's dreaming. She genuinely struggles with that and it gets worse and worse as time goes on to the point where this grander idea of maybe everything up until this point has just been one big screaming Mimi nightmare and she just needs to wake up finally sinks in. And so she, I believe in dream state for, yeah, it, she's dreaming when she approaches the kids the first time and gets to the scene, mm-hmm. which I did very much. So pause and text Erica after watching this <laughs> because the scene annihilated me, but she goes to her kids to check on them. And then she explains how she wants to protect them and how she wants to keep them safe. But then um, Nell, 
just out of nowhere asks, well, what if you kill us? And you can tell Olivia's shocked by this, like because she's like, what What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? And Luke, being the twin, chimes in too of like, we, we're, we're having dreams. We're having a dream where you kill us, where you're the one that kills us. And they give a very vivid, vivid explanation mm-hmm. of what is basically going to happen to them um, as far as we know. And you just, there's something about this cute little kid just talking about these horrendous things that mm-hmm. we know are going to happen to her, that her mom is going to do to her, and then explain all of this to her mom, who is on the fence about killing her, and is just, oh my God. Just, you were yeah. just explaining it. I'm just like, I'm getting broken up about it because it was, it's such a it's hard nuts. scene to watch. It is such mm-hmm. a hard scene to watch. It's nuts. And you're just like watching Olivia being like, oh my God. And then, yeah, and then she ends up, you know, uh, Stephen walks by the room and is like, snaps her out of it. And she realizes that Nellie and Luke aren't even in their beds. She thought it was nighttime. It's in the middle of the day. She's just been standing there talking to nobody. Yeah. And it's just like, yo. She needs she needs some help because yeah. and which they you know they try to do Hugh tells Hugh tells her you know go see your sister for a couple of days and Olivia agrees to she's like yep I will go see my sister but we come to find out that she did not go to see her sister she just left for a little while and then she comes back to the house that night because she's already made up her mind that she is going to go through with this so yeah. now I need to talk about. I think I have okay, I have two particular moments in like these last two episodes that were kind of twists that mm-hmm. wrapped bits of the story up that blew my mind and I want to talk this is one of them. Okay. So the entire time that this season is going on, every time we flash back to little Luke, he keeps bringing up his this girl named Abigail that's like his friend. Yeah. And nobody ever sees her. So they they all they're all assuming that it's an imaginary friend. But obviously with what we know, we're like okay, Abigail is a ghost that Luke only Luke can see mm-hmm. and she plays with him. She's like another little girl. And so before the mom leaves, Luke's like, "Hey, can Abigail come spend the night?" like uh, is yeah, that okay? She wants, have, I'll, she wants to have a sleepover. Yeah, I'll sleep. I'll sleep on the floor, and she can sleep in my bed. And everyone's like, "Yeah, Abigail can come over." And so, when the mom comes back, she makes them a little a little tea with rat poison in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you do for a tea party. Of and course, of course, it's the only recipe for a good tea party. <laughs> of course, the typical Mad Hatter tea party <laughs> is chamomile tea with a dash of rat poison. Um, <laughs> so she's like, she goes and wakes up Luke and Nellie. Because the whole time Nellie has been asking to have a tea party and nobody will have one with her. So she goes and wakes up Luke and Nellie and she's like, you guys, follow me. We're going to have a tea party. And we look in the bed and there is, so there's a little girl, another little girl laying in the bed. And Luke's like, this is Abigail. Remember you told me she could come spend the night. Mm-hmm. And... So at this point, you're like, okay, because yeah. <laughs> you're like, interesting. This like ghost is actually, actually ch- chilling in the bed. And so 
and so yeah olivia's like come on yeah because at the way they set it up is great too because we only get the context that she's this imaginary friend that he has and we also know that olivia's mental state's declining so it's very easy to just kind of assume that whether or not she's there or not um, Olivia would be able to see her because Olivia right. is very clearly seeing the ghost in the house. So it kind of just feels like she sees this ghost and just accepts that, oh, okay, Luke can see them too. Luke has a friend inside this house of ghosts. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. What's the what's what's the harm in 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 yeah. her coming with us? Yeah, let's everybody can come. This is a party for everyone. And it's like, you know, Abigail's the same age as Luke and Nellie. So mm-hmm. why not invite her along? And so Abigail goes with them. They all head up to the red room, which is finally unlocked. Mm-hmm. And while Olivia was in the kitchen making her... um delicious tea shelly like uh came down and saw her and so shelly goes and wakes up hugh and she's like i thought mom was leaving out of town but she's here hugh goes into the kitchen sees the rat poison and he's like oh oh Oh, shit shit. so so he is kind of on a mad dash trying to get to them before anything happens and so cut back to the tea party and She's passing out the cups, just telling them all of these things. And Abigail is the first person to drink her tea. Mm-hmm. And then Abigail, before Luke and Nellie can can have a sip, Abigail starts having a reaction to the rat poison. Like she is like vomiting. She's coughing. And then as you realize. Rat poison. <laughs> but as you know, typical rat poison stuff. No big deal. And you realize, you're like, oh, my God, Abigail is a real. She's a person. Mm-hmm. She is an actual little girl. And Wait, can, it can just blew quick, my though? mind. In that Please. moment, I still didn't realize that she was a real person, though. I was so really? Con- yeah, I was very confused in that moment watching it because, like I said, they got me with the setup because I assumed she was a ghost the entire time. So when they entered the red room and they're doing the tea party, I thought that maybe Abigail was reliving her own experience in the house. Like this happened Mm. to her as well, if that makes any sense. Like this, this is kind of the method with which the house gets you right. It, it, It sinks its fangs into the parent and the parent kills the kid. So when Abigail starts having the reaction, I assumed it was kind of like, a moment replaying itself of like Mm. the ghost is just reliving the way that it died um and that's how we get abigail the ghost but then abigail the ghost (laughs) just stays lying there i'm like hold on wait a second Mm -hmm. and she is real y'all she is an actual little girl luke really was playing with someone else the whole time it's just that nobody ever saw them playing because they usually kind of like hid when they played yeah and everyone's like okay yeah whatever so abigail dies and and so then after abigail is like lying on the floor hugh comes up and has a little tussle with Olivia and is able to get Luke and Nellie away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, now we're starting to meet up with what we saw before, where he has to gather all of the kids and get them out. 
But mm-hmm. now we finally get to see what happens to Olivia. And so, like, Abigail, obviously, because she has died in the house, like, she does wake up. It's not really her, you know, but it's her ghost. So Olivia sees that and she's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you they, are awake. You do, you do wake up. Like, the <laughs> yeah, ghost like it works. lying to me. Mm-hmm. It works. You do wake up. And so then everybody's gone. She feels like Hugh has taken the kids and not only that, left- though, it's Poppy is also like planting the seed. Oh, of, like, yeah. Like he's stealing the kids away from you. Like he's taking them off into the darkness. Mm-hmm. It's like the dark yeah. force or something. She calls it. I don't remember I th- the exact. Yeah. Wording. Yeah. Something. I, it's either the darkness or the the dark I, I, it might be the darkness but yeah so poppy's kind of just whispering in her ear like the yin yang twins just <laughs> going for it and and olivia's like oh god yeah like you know in olivia's head she's thinking that they're gone forever he has abandoned her like he didn't listen to her plus they got into that little fight and hugh like pushed her and stuff understandably so yeah. but you know she's kind of totally disillusioned from her family at this point but she also feels like it's still a dream and she saw abigail wake up and she says i just want to wake up poppy kind of leads her to the same area that olivia led nelly before she died Mm -hmm. and olivia takes a tumble well she jumps <laughs> but yeah, she, she falls off yeah she falls off the top of the spiral staircase and that is how she dies yo that scene was so like there are so many sad points to this scene or to this episode but that scene in particular second only to the kid scene because that scene is rough but um her just kind of standing there and you see her make the mental decision that everything that's happening and what we know is the real world we all know this is the real world but everything that's happening in this real world for olivia is just so much so overwhelming for her that she would rather risk this wake up plan than live through anymore like her current circumstance of the kids being gone hugh being gone her being alone not being able to save her kids like this this is too much for her to bear she would rather take that step off of the staircase and just risk it all for it is just Mm -hmm. it's so sad and it's it's sad because you know she's a good character at heart she really is yeah it's you know that all she wanted was for her family to be okay and she did all of this because she loved them so much and through that everything just kind of got twisted and you know ended up like this Mm -hmm. and so from this point on we you know jump back into because this entire episode is all a flashback because we're completely learning we've got to catch up and figure out what happened that night with olivia so now that we get into the final episode which is called silence lay steadily we cut back to we're like right back into the action of where they left off Mm-hmm. in the prior episode and so i want to i want to say that one thing that i really appreciate about this episode is a the way that it's framed i think is really cool 
because the beginning of the episode kind of starts with Stephen is like almost narrating it and like it's one of his books. Yeah. And at first you're like, what? What? And then <laughs> and then you realize that he's like talking to his wife and she's pregnant. So then you're like, oh, this is the f- future like we, we, or we we're did, like we did a time skip like yeah now. we did another we did another time jump and now he's trying to write another book about what happened yeah that night and so one Which thing would, i will would, s- would make sense for how the right. tv show ha- or how the series has been it makes a lot of sense that like oh, whatever yeah. traumatic thing happened that night that's how he would uh, capture oh, it forever yeah. is just write another Steven's book. Stephen's gonna about write it. about it. Yeah, yeah you know he write. is. <laughs> so yeah, so it makes sense, and you're like, okay, cool. This is all gonna kind of be like a a book. He's gonna be narrating what happened that night, and I do like I like Stephen's sort of redemption in this episode. I like that when they get to the house, Stephen is like, okay, Dad, I trust you. I believe you. I'm following your lead here. Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. As soon as they get into the house, Steven already believes the dad. It's not, you don't have to go through that bullshit of like, well, I still don't, I still yeah, don't nah, think he's that in there. They, No, he's in it. Like, he walks in and he's like, yep, I'm, you know, you tell me what to do. And they're on a mission. They're like, we're going to save Luke. And, oh, I love that shot. There's a shot where they, like, are walking through the house and as they get closer to because Hugh is like Luke's gonna be up in the red room bet like he's up there so they're on their way and as they get closer they come across the tall the super tall ghost that haunted yeah bowler hat man who haunted Luke they come across him and I love that shot where he's like bending down oh my god and yeah. looking in in steven's face right because because mm-hmm, hugh yeah. tells hugh tells steven to look at him yeah don't look at him don't look don't, at him. yeah don't look at him basically he's just saying like don't react and bowler house guy like bends over and he's like do right something. in steven's <laughs> yeah make make a move steven make a move yeah. i dare you He's like squaring up to Steven. Steven's <laughs> shook. Steven's like shaking and sweating, which, yeah. Um, also, Bowler Hat Man is the same. We find out that he he is the body that they found inside the brick wall. Like that mm-hmm. is his ghost. And I thought that that was like a cool, cool kind of a reveal. And yeah, they talk we, about. We hadn't really fully gotten who he was mm-hmm. until until that bit. Yeah, and they talk about how he wanted to be tall. And so when he came back, he was this very tall man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're kind of cutting back between that and Stephen trying to explain to his wife what happened. And it's crazy because like his wife is pregnant. Did I already say that? Yeah. But yeah, and it's so it's it's weird. Like Which there's just strange. something yeah, weird. Yeah, because he... Because he had a vasectomy, so what happened yes. in this time that all Wait, of a sudden yeah. she's pregnant? And, and you know, it's it's like, okay, the, those can be reversed. So in your head, you're like, you know, it's not totally unreasonable. 
I you're kind of assuming that they probably beat Hill House, and so now he feels comfortable, kind of you know, continuing on his line. But mm-hmm. still, it's just like something is weird because the way that he's talking about it, it's like he keeps saying that he can't remember. He can't remember past this specific point. He doesn't know what happened. And the wife keeps being like, well, Luke died. This is where Luke died. Isn't this the part where Luke dies? And they're like having this weird back and forth. And then she just goes off the rails. She goes Mm -hmm. on this tangent about how Steven is in like, she's just a side character and Steven makes everything about him. And like, he's the, the writer and he paints it how he needs it to be. And then you realize you're like, Oh, this isn't real. This isn't really happening. Cause she starts to like decay and, like oh that scene is rough he's like oh this like demon baby in my stomach like oh what's gonna happen if he eats me from the inside out and Mm -hmm. like she's like dying in front of him it's like oh dude that scene is so creepy (laughs) yeah and steven's spooked and you're like okay this isn't really happening but then you realize he's still in the house we're still in present day but he is having like a hallucination that this is happening and you realize that Steven got stuck inside of the red... Him and Luke are now trapped inside of the red room, and Hugh is unable to get inside. Yeah, because right before we get the reveal that it's all a dream, um, Steven sees Luke in the red room, um, who has, like, a needle in his arm, and he's, like, Mm -hmm. dying on the floor. So he runs in there, and, you know, the door shuts in very ghost fashion so that daddy can't (laughs) get him. And now they're both stuck in there. Yeah, and then uh, we also eventually Theo and uh, Shirley catch up. They also get trapped inside of yeah. the red room, and we kind of they... go through this this cycle of everybody having to deal with their own personal demons, like in the red room of just mm-hmm. like the the house is really just like laying into all of them about like the terrible things that have happened in their life and the terrible like secrets that they're hiding and all their like impurities and all these things like one by one they all have to kind of deal Mm -hmm. with these things how did you feel about the shirley reveal oh i was waiting for the shirley reveal because Mm -hmm. we know like we know it's been they've been foreshadowing it the entire series and i had an idea of what it was of course because of the nature of this vision that she keeps getting of this guy like sitting at a bar like raising a toast to her like you get an idea like they fucked like i I feel like it's not like something (laughs) i feel like it's not something that is hard to imagine but i thought the interesting thing was them not giving us this reveal until the last episode like i don't remember how early in the series we first see that vision of the guy but it's it's a lot earlier in it's, the series. It's in her episode. So the yeah. second episode. Yeah, we like see the second that. episode, we're seeing that. And we don't get the actual thing that happened with that all the way until the end, which is they do fuck. And yeah, which is it, it adds this whole new layer to her, quote unquote, perfect character or attempted to be perfect character of like, even after she gets so upset with Theo and her husband it puts some context to the fact that she got so upset about that when she cheated on her husband a long time ago and never told him and has just been sitting with that 
for all these years, even though she always wants everybody to kind of face their demons and, you know, out themselves for the things they do. But you find out in the scene, she's a little bit of a hypocrite because of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's one of those things that's been just tormenting her for a while. Yeah, it's. I like the and I like the way that they reveal it because you like have this setup of, you know, she meets this guy at this bar and he's kind of hitting on her and she tell but she tells him that she's married. But then they continue to have this conversation and then she notices that he has a ring on and she like sends him away. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back and he's like, but that's not how it happened, is it? Yeah, and I then love you find the out. Mm-hmm, and then you find out that. Nope, despite the fact that he had a ring and she did tell him that she was married, they both, you know, wanted to have an affair and they went and had one. And yeah, it's kind of, I think that's why Shirley is one of, like I said, one of the most interesting characters to me because she's just so, it's just a lot going on with her. Mm -hmm. And it was, out of all of the characters, I think her storyline never went the way that I expected it to go because even with steven although i do like him as a character i always kind of had this feeling that you know he was going to be the skeptic the whole time and then he'd believe and then like theo is like kind of shut off the whole time and then she opens up by the end of it but shirley was definitely one of those characters where i was like i don't really know what where she's going and i don't really know what her flaw is and then i didn't realize it until these last few episodes and i was like okay i get it like yeah she yeah she just she tries to play miss perfect when really she's a human like she's a normal like every human has imperfections and makes mistakes but for some reason she refuses to acknowledge that you yeah. know and she then, has flaws yeah and then you know theo having to deal with her just inability to like open up with people and you know, just her lack of vulnerability and like each each character kind of exploring their own flaws or whatnot. I thought it was really interesting when we got into um, Luke's sort of flashback slash vision mm-hmm. slash nightmare, whatever you want to call it, because his his to me was equally as interesting as Shirley's, because here we have him kind of reliving that night where he got betrayed and mm-hmm. he gets to have the second version where he didn't get betrayed. No, she just left to go get a hotel room for him. And she brings and she brings um, him there and is trying to get him to use heroin again um, to, you know, get that one last fix before they go clean forever. And Luke is pretty adamant about like, no, like, I'm not doing this. Like, this can't be real. Like, he knows something's up. He feels that something's up. To the degree where at some point it feels like the house or the vision takes control and mm-hmm. essentially forces him to uh, to take the needle in his arm, which we find out is filled with rat poison, um, right. which we can only, you know, you kind of assume that when he was left alone, he got manipulated into, you know, getting the syringe full of rat poison. Like, that's why that happened. But... Mm-hmm. It was interesting because with Luke, more than any other, like all the other characters were dealing with these nightmares and having to, you know, being haunted by them where Luke's was a lot more forceful. Like she, the house slash Olivia, I guess at this point, really wanted Luke to the point where they were willing to even interfere 
with this and be like you know what fuck it uh yeah we're putting this in your arm you are waking up right the fuck now like no more games right yeah well and i think that everybody's um everybody's nightmare would have kind of gone that way but luke is the only like nelly comes and wakes everybody That's up right. from That's their right. from their nightmares before things get that bad because yeah. like you could see that stevens was kind of going in that direction but nelly woke him up um and then like theo she has a a nightmare that she's with that girl that mm-hmm. she had like the one night stand with and then she's laying on the bed and all these hands come and are grabbing at her and nelly like everyone she- beside nelly was able to get to everybody besides luke and wake them up before the house took, took them. them. Yeah. But Luke just happened to be the first one and it like got to that point where the house was able to manipulate him into killing himself. And yeah. so I mean he's not he's dying at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um so once all of the siblings wake up they get to trying to wake him up right away and we pop back into Luke's mind and now he's in the the tea like the tea room that his mom had brought him to that night and she's like you're here we've been waiting for you and it's but it's like Nellie's there but she's little and then mm-hmm. Abigail's there but she's little mm-hmm. and Luke is like what and i like this scene too cuz Although Nellie wasn't able to get to him before they, you know, forced the poison into him, she's here now just as like her little version. But the mom keeps being like, sit, sit with us, like, come join us. And Nellie's like, no, leave. Yeah, don't do it. Go. Don't do it. Run. Mm-hmm. And she's able to and Luke can tell that something is wrong, especially because she keeps telling him like, go like you're not supposed to be here go and through that nelly is able to save luke uh, of course he's still when he wakes up he's still like dying yeah, <laughs> but he's he, not unconscious anymore he's awake yeah. now and then we get the uh the nell scene which i thought was really beautiful this the whole yeah. nell sequence monologue is really something to see like if nothing else i feel like the series was worth watching for that moment of how she explain basically explains everything that happens and also um you know gives us one of the biggest reveals out of the entire show mm-hmm. yeah which i did not see coming at all that i love twist, it it's that so twist good hit me like a left hook from a professional boxer like mm-hmm. i i took that one straight to the jaw and i was out afterwards because i was like what in the world <laughs> Because they didn't even try and fucking hide it, really. Like, once you know, it's like they didn't hide that it's at so all. It's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Once you know, you're like, duh. But you don't think about it until you realize. And then you're like, oh, my God. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. It all makes sense. Wow. Do you um, want to do, do the reveal? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Nelly, Nelly's doing this speech. And she's talking about how the house feeds off of you. And where they're at is kind of like the heart of the house and Mm -hmm. where they're at is the red room, which we know throughout the entire series, the red room has always been locked. None of them have been able to get into it. Mm -hmm. And we come to find out that the red room was not always locked. As a matter of fact, every single one of them had been in the red room before, 
but the red room was something different for each person. So it would like open itself up to each of them one like basically one at a time. We do see two of them in there at one point, but for the most part, like each of them experienced it in a different way. So like for Luke, the red room was his treehouse, which if you go back, like any time that they mention a treehouse to anybody, like to the adults, mm-hmm. they're always like, "What treehouse? What are you talking yep. about?" Yep. Like, what? Or they'll like they'll make a quick comment, like, "Don't be silly" or something. So for Luke, it was the treehouse. For Theo, it was her dance room. Uh, Shirley's was like a like a family room yeah, kind of it was place. Just like a- like yeah, study or like a little room. living room. Yeah. Um, Olivia Steven, had the study. Oh, yeah. Olivia had the study. Steven had a game room. And then Nellie had like a toy room. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you go back, anytime any of them mention one of those specific rooms, everybody kind of anybody else reacts like what? And then the window is always in the same Air, there, it always has one window right in the middle of the room, no matter what it is. Even in the treehouse, it has one window right in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And um, it, like, I th- and I guess, like, Hugh is the only one who never was in it as a, like, he went into the red room when they were having the tea party, but he was never, like, he never had a specific version of the room. Yeah. But Which, yeah, it's, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I was just, mind blown on so many levels by that one of the things (laughs) that i swear to you like some part i don't know where in the series but some part during the series i did start thinking like yo where are all these rooms coming from because like after a while you kind of get an idea of how the house looks right like after we've done so many cycles through hill house i feel like you start to get an idea of the architecture of this house and every time we introduce a new room like the dance room or or the game room or stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, it's a big house, but like I feel like we've seen most of the house. Like and like we've seen scenes where characters are going through the house and like it feels like there's one too many rooms. Like going mm-hmm. back once you know you're like, "Hold on, wait a minute. Something is yeah. off by the number of just random rooms that start appearing." Cuz like <laughs> even when like, I think Theo's is the most jarring. I actually think hers is the most jarring because you're like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, this house has a dance room. A dance room, right. And, yeah, and it's super random because you're like, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah, like, I guess they like, could have like, a dance yeah, it's room. It's a big but... house, so you can believe it, but it's just like... It's just that... such a specific room. <laughs> yeah, like, I think Olivia's was probably the hardest to tell because that just seemed like a room that the house mm-hmm. would have. So, like, that yeah. one to me was the most hidden. Like, I, I don't think without the reveal I ever would have known Olivia's room was one of them. Probably Olivia's and Shirley's made the most sense to me. Yeah. Because, yeah, like the, like a game room in an old house like that kind of seems... A little off. A little weird. And even a tree house because it's like... It's such an old house. Why would they build? And it's such a nice tree. Like, it's such a big, nice tree house. Yeah. But 
they kind of play it off where like the kids almost thought that the dad built it for them but yeah. the dad's like i never built you a treehouse like when would yeah. i have had time to build when you a I've freaking had, yeah, treehouse <laughs> a goddamn treehouse we were there yeah. for one summer and that's the thing <laughs> yeah. too is like you don't I think because you get so used to watching this family in this house, you kind of forget that they're not there for that long. Like these, mm-hmm. this family doesn't live in this house. Like this isn't their house. Like why why would they have all of these things? This is a house that they are for the summer renovating and then for leaving. someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But you get yeah. so used to seeing them as a family there that you just stop thinking about the fact that like this house is a little too homey for Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do with it yeah because specifically those the when the red room is being like what they want it to be it looks it's too nice it's too decorated in comparison to the rest of the house it looks a lot more moderny than the rest of hill house and so yeah it makes total sense though of course hill house is making the room look exactly how the kid wants it would imagine it looking or wants it to look yeah and yeah so that's a really that's an awesome reveal yeah. and the other th- frightening thing too is like once we see what the red room actually looks like then kind of the idea of like in my head i was picturing now once that reveal happens i was trying to picture everybody doing their thing in that just mm. blank mm-hmm. nasty room how many times per week was like oh man this house is fucked up yeah oh yeah that's true i didn't even think of that i like sure like theo just dancing around this like mold infested room like uh steven just sitting on the ground just playing with nothing probably like he thinks he's playing video games Mm -hmm. but he's literally just Mm -hmm. looking at a mold wall just shooting moldy (laughs) asteroids yeah that's true yikes um but yeah so we get that reveal um the kids still can't get out of the red room, so Hugh is trying to get them out. Uh, Poppy comes and like tries to seduce him, which girl by. Mm. I'm like, Poppy, <laughs> what are you th- what are you doing? You've um, done enough. You've done enough. You've get done away. enough. Like you can you can exit now. Thank you. Be gone. Um, <laughs> it's basically what Hugh says, and then Mm-mm, no, it's, but, uh, no, no, it's, it's not. It's what Olivia, Olivia says. Olivia basically, says that shit. Hugh was thinking it. Olivia just voiced it. Um, so yeah, Olivia comes and is like, "Poppy, like get." And so Poppy like goes away, and then Olivia and Hugh have this conversation. And Olivia is basically like, "I don't want to be alone. Like our family is back together again. Why'd you take them from me?" Like they kind of air out. She airs out her grievances, and and Hugh is like, "They needed to have their own lives. Like we couldn't." We raised them to let them free. We can't keep them here forever because Olivia wants to keep them in the house. So she yeah. is like wanting to keep them locked up in the red room um, and, you know, keep them yeah, in, keep them all in Hill House so they can be a family again. But Hugh says like, no, please let them go. Like Luke needs help. Um, this is what they've always been meant to be, you know, out in the real world. So the door, the door opens, like we cut back to the kids from their conversation. The door opens, they're all able to get Luke out and like all of the siblings leave except Steven stays because the dad's like, me and Steven have something we need to take care of. Yeah. 
And on the way out of the house, Stephen sees something and him and the dad kind of share a look, but then they keep going. So once we cut back to that, (laughs) um, we realize that what Stephen was looking at was Hugh's dead body and the Hugh that helped them out to the car is now the ghost of Hugh. And basically, in exchange for letting the kids leave, Hugh agreed to stay with Olivia and to stay with her forever. Obviously, he needs to die in Hill House. So he is now in Hill House forever with Olivia, but also with Nellie, which is nice <laughs> which is i think that's kind I, I mean, of it's kind of like i mean uh, it's like horrible but i will say like seeing them all like seeing hugh young again and like him and olivia and nelly i guess it's just a nice thought to be like nelly's not alone like yeah it's they're more kind so of a family Nell- it's more so for nelly that i think makes that gruesome idea kind of comforting because like Mm -hmm. i still think she has the most tragic timeline and the fact that she won't have to exist on her own is is kind of nice yeah i thought that that was nice that yeah for her it's nice to know that she has her family at some family there with her but hugh hugh passes on to steven he's like hill house is yours now and we find out this was also really sad <laughs> um when we flash back you know to that night where Hugh came back and he found Olivia the Dudleys came to the house and they were looking for their daughter who had sneaked out in the middle of the night yeah and this is we- this is when I found mm-hmm. out like I didn't know all the way up until this point what was actually going on straight up <laughs> When I when they said that their daughter, yeah, left, I was like, oh, God. So, of course, their daughter was Abigail. Mm-hmm. And so, but, of course, now that Abigail is stuck at the house forever, they just, they ask Hugh, they're like, please don't sell the house. Don't burn it down. Because Hugh wants to burn the house down. And yeah. they, they're like, just, we won't say anything about what happened tonight if you just preserve the house how it is and then that way they can still have their daughter in some way and so because they understand the rules of hill house mm -hmm. at this point they actually kind of get how the house works right yeah they know that if you die there you stay there and so they want to be with their daughter so hugh agrees to let them you know continue that's why he's so adamant about them continuing on at the house is because you know they they need to go there every day to see her mm-hmm. and so yeah so that ends up kind of wrapping up i i also think it's a really nice scene later on we see mr dudley like carries mrs dudley all the way to hill house and lets her yeah. die inside of the house so mm-hmm. that she can live on with her children and i thought that that was like a really nice scene yeah it Um, it honestly was and i think the writing was good too of tying up the show really ties up most of its loose ends because even mm -hmm. the whole like why didn't steve or why didn't hugh call the police immediately when he found his wife made sense once we found out he was Mm -hmm. waiting for the dudleys to go bury their kid um so that he wouldn't get charged with basically double homicide. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. 
So it's like now that one loose end of like, yeah, why didn't he just call the cops when he got back to the house? Makes sense because he he needed to buy time for the mm-hmm. Dudleys to do their thing. Um, and the show does that for basically, basically everything. Like all the questions you have, it does a great job of like over time answering all of your questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything gets tied up. We get to see what happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, like Shirley goes back and she tells her husband the truth but yeah. we we see that they continue to stay together um luke stays sober and theo ends up moving out of shirley's guest house and she starts a relationship with that girl that mm-hmm. she was sleeping with and then yeah steven and his wife patch things up and we see that their relationship as a result of you know the all of the siblings their relationships have been mended we see them all celebrating luke's sobriety together so you can see that you know they obviously all are much closer than they previously were so yeah, yeah i mean it it is it's like a it's a happy ending it's, but and that's it's so a happy weird. ending to such a sad story like yeah, as so a whole it's that sad the show has a happy ending Oh, thank God it did, though, because if it didn't, <laughs> I don't think I would have been able to <laughs> handle it. <laughs> well, all right. So I think we're here now. Like, what what's your opinion of it as a whole? Like with it with it all all episodes in mind now. I love this show. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was so excited that we were going to talk about it. And upon my second rewatch i enjoyed it just as much as the first like there wasn't a single episode where i was like oh my god uh this is like i've seen this all before it was still just as entertaining i i think that the way that they decided to like frame the actual story itself was very interesting and very clever mm-hmm. and i love all of the mysteries of hill house and i loved us as an audience kind of figuring out the mystery almost at the same time as the kids figured out the mystery. Like I enjoyed that aspect of it. I do think that it's actually pretty scary at a lot and many points of it are scary. And the characters themselves are so interesting and so well acted. The cinematography, like the script Everything about it all coming together just makes like made the season so worthwhile for me. Like by the time I got to the last episode, I felt so satisfied with the conclusion, which I think can be really hard. Like I think that not that they're the same, but I'm going to take American Horror Story as an example, just because I'm trying to think of another horror (laughs) based TV TV show. show. Yeah, where the beginning and the ending are not always on the same level. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you get to the ending and you're almost like, "Eh, I mean, sure. Like it almost isn't as it's not the ending that you were hoping or expecting or there's still things that you're like, okay, but that still didn't make any sense. I think that this show is a great example of having mysteries and having, you know, all of these crazy things happen in a season, but still tying it up in a way that you feel makes sense and was worth your while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I rec- I would recommend this show to anybody who enjoys, like, 
any kind of horror-esque show or even like a mystery. If anybody enjoys a show that's kind of like a mystery as it unwinds, I would recommend this to them as well just Mm -hmm. because I think it can really dive into both genres and still be entertaining. Yeah, I agree. What about you? Uh, as a well, I think you already know, and our viewers, or I would say viewers, our listeners probably already mm-hmm. know that I'm a huge fan of this show. Um, even only seeing it once, I'm absolutely in love with the storytelling. Um, I think that one of the things that stands out to me, and I think is a testament to the show, is I love that this show centers around this family and its relationships but has a horror veil around it where the hauntings are happening the scares are happening but the focal point is the relationship and the trials and tribulations that this family goes through i think that Mm -hmm. makes for such a compelling story that even if i wasn't scared throughout any of it i would have watched it all the way till the end because like you said it's an amazing mystery show it's it's an amazing drama like there are so many different layers of good to this show that the fact that it's also scary is almost just like a cherry on top to like this beautiful spooktastic sunday it's it's such a good (laughs) and as far as like writing goes and pacing and cinematography and all that stuff it's such a master class in taking all these elements and fitting them in a coherent story and letting them play off of each other, letting them build off of each other to emphasize the good parts of each and then ultimately tell one singular story that doesn't, like you said, it doesn't leave you wanting. Like, even if the ending's not the ending you expected, it's not an unseeable ending. It's not an unbelievable ending. It's not uh, It's not an ending that you can't take. It's just, it is what happens. And it's earned, it's deserved, the show worked for it. And I think ultimately, because they spent so much time and care in the crafting of this, it just, you're you're left with a product that I, I think sits and resonates with you. Like, I don't think I will ever forget watching Hill House. Like, I think that mm-hmm. is an experience that will stick with me, like well on into my life. And like, not a lot of shows can do that. Like a lot, and especially some like tv shows and series too like i'll watch them and i'll enjoy them but like unless somebody brings them up again i won't really think about them like i know hill house will sit with me for a while and like i get to like sit and chew on my own feelings and i love knowing the fact that i could re-watch this show now with this new lens of knowing everything that happens and still find other things through what we did here on the podcast is like getting to talk about this with somebody who's watching it for the second time and then hearing that that like even the second time through you you can still enjoy everything because now you get to watch it differently i love those Mm -hmm. i if you guys haven't seen this show um despite listening to all of this if you (laughs) like if you haven't seen it but you still listen to this which is fine um i still recommend watching this um yeah, because there's so there's a... so much that we didn't even touch on. It's yeah. a lot. There's a lot that happens in this show. Um a lot of storylines, a lot of scares um that you know, we didn't even get half time to really get to. Mm-hmm. But 
so when you watch it, it can still feel like you're watching, you know, something and you don't know everything that's going to happen. And also, like the the new se- like we said in the last episode, the new season of Bly Manor that's coming out, it's a brand new season following a brand new story. So if you feel like this was sufficient to you to, you know, kind of get the gist of what happened in the first season, but it sounds like something that is interesting, watch Bly Manor when it comes out and then follow along with us as we go through it in our episodes um, because... From the trailer, it looks like it's gonna be awesome. I'm really, really excited for it. I hope that I hope that they do a very similar storytelling, um, or that they, you know, like set up the story in a very similar way that they did in this season because it's just so much fun. Yeah. And I love trying to figure out the mystery as I go along. So I hope that they keep that in this next season. And I want to hear what you guys think about the show when it first comes out. Like we said, we're, it should it comes out this Friday, I believe. Yeah. So it comes out the 9th. So if that's this Friday, then that's when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope that you guys, you know, either check, you know, check this one out, see what you think. Or check out Bly Manor and see what you think. Either way, watch these stories in some capacity. They're so good. And yeah. I want them to get as many views as they can. <laughs> Even though we, you know, they know how we feel, I don't think we can leave this little bonus series without giving it a rating like we normally do. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it's only right that we give this a proper rating. So um how 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 would you rate the experience of watching uh, Haunting of Hill House. Hmm. I am going to give The Haunting of Hill House a 4.6. A 4.6. I'm trying to think of what. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, like, what thing I want to use as the rating. A, f- a 4.6. How about house- Red Doors? Red Doors, yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a 4.6 Red Doors out of 5. Okay, okay. What about you? You know, I'm going to I'm going to slap it down today and give my first 5 out of 5. <gasps> oh my red god. Doors See, I was hesitant. I was like, am I going to go for a 5? I don't know. I I it's very rare. I promise y'all will not get that out of me that often, but this this show and series really stuck with me. To the point where I, I don't think there's anything about this show I would change. I really don't like even despite not knowing how it was going to end or like the twist and everything. Like I think what was presented was what it needed to be, and I I loved it. So it, it mm-hmm. it's a, it's a perfect five out of five for me. Oh my gosh! I yeah, know. I was like, I... I feel weird giving a perfect rating. I'm like, it deserves it. I guess I was hesitant. I'm hesitant to give it a five because I kind of want to watch the new season. Oh yeah, and see how I'm feeling about that. And then I'm I may go back and like change this to a five, mm-hmm. um, in a future episode. But we'll see. Gotta get what. Gotta check out that new season first. That's true. That's very true. All right, but guys, that concludes our bonus series on the haunting of hill house so please let us know what you thought of this first season um 
message us, comment. We would love to have a discussion about it. Obviously, now that we are all caught, or well, now that Roshane is all caught up, feel yep. free to message us about the spoil, whole series as a whole. Spoil away now. <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> go ahead and spoil us. Mm-hmm. Yes, please spoil us now because now we can have a conversation about the entire series. Um, and then hopefully once Bly Manor comes out, we can have some conversations about that as well. But yes, message us on our social medias. We are at Homies of Horror on all social medias. So Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also send us an email. Um, we are homies of horror at gmail.com. So feel free to email us through that as well. But other than that, that concludes the bonus episodes. We will have new episode Monday and also be starting the new series on Monday as well. So you guys have a great rest of your day and we will be checking you next time, homies. Yeah, catch you next time, homies. Bye.